0: Hey everyone, it's Naomi and welcome to the Firecracker Department. A disclaimer before we begin, I'm going to be speaking about the recent discovery at the BC Residential Schools this week. If this can be triggering for you, just skip over the first 10 minutes and jump right into the interview. Okay, um, gosh, I don't even know where to start. I have to say something about the 215 children who were found at the BC Residential School grounds. I can barely say it. I'm so angry and ashamed and I'm so sad for the indigenous community. And I don't know what to say. I really don't. I don't know what to say about this kind of awful, horrific situation. And um, all I can say is that we have to stand together. Like, I don't know what it's like to live through something like that. I didn't grow up in that community, but I know that I love my Indigenous firecrackers. Every event that we start out with, we do a land territories recognition to recognize that we are on their land. And we're hoping that by the discussion, this supports them, their sovereignty, their power. And hopefully by speaking about it, it's an awareness and we can come together in support. Um, now, I've gone to a site the on Canada Project, and they, I feel, have most succinctly put what has happened. And so I'm going to read a bit from their posting in order to educate those of you who don't know anything about what happened, and also to inform and uh, give you some information about how to take action, because that's so important. It's one thing grieving about what has gone on in our world, and then it's another thing actually taking action. Okay, here we go. This is what happened recently. A mass grave was found at a residential school in British Columbia that contained the remains of 215 Indigenous children. The death of these children and the mass grave were never documented by the school's administrators. Some of the children found were as young as three years old. The children in residential schools were under the care of school staff, the churches and the federal government, who are all responsible for killing and abusing the children. The landmark Truth and Reconciliation Report, released in 2015, called residential schools quote, a systematic, government-sponsored attempt to destroy Aboriginal cultures and languages and to assimilate Aboriginal people so they no longer existed as distinct peoples. Residential schools were initially run by Catholic and Protestant churches, but by the 1880s, the federal government fully embraced and funded the residential school system as part of the Indian Act. From 1863 to 1996, over 150,000 children were forcibly removed from their families and placed in these boarding schools. That is seven generations of Indigenous people over the course of 150 years. Many children never returned home, and those who did suffered from unimaginable trauma. The explicit extent was to separate those children from their families and cultures in an effort to, quote, kill the Indian in the child. In 1920, the Indian Act made attendance at Indian residential schools compulsory for treaty status children between the ages of seven and fifteen. The schools were often underfunded and overcrowded. The quality of education was substandard. Children were severely mistreated, degraded, and abused. 90 to 100% suffered severe physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. There was a 40 to 60% mortality rate in residential schools. This is obviously disturbing and horrific, and if it doesn't make you angry, it should. It really makes no sense to me, this kind of treatment of people, of children, and it's just shameful. It's shameful. The fact is that the last residential schools didn't close until 1996, and the effects of those schools, those residential schools, have resulted, of course, in severe personal and intergenerational trauma still felt to this day. Okay, next steps. Yes, the government, church, and crown have many steps to take in the form of reconciliation. Many of us were not taught about the true history of Canada, including our country's treatment of Indigenous people in school, and it might feel that we may be too late, or maybe it's overwhelming right now, but that is absolutely not what we can do. Canada is a beautiful country, and we are lucky to live in this space, on this land, and benefit from all the beauty and love that Canada affords us. We're so, so lucky. And here's the thing. We we can acknowledge the beauty and the love of Canada and also acknowledge that it's got flaws and it's got failures. And I personally love Canada. I do. I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to be Canadian and I also want my country to be better. That's just the truth. And so what do we do? We recognize. We stand by our Indigenous community and we recognize and we speak the truth of the actual events that went on and do go on. Because here's the thing. We all have a responsibility to do this work and to learn more about our country and advocate and reconcile with all Indigenous peoples. That's our job. That's what we should be doing. Now, all these notes and facts are from www.oncanadaproject.ca slash settlers take action. And now you're wondering what you can do. Here's what you can do. Small, simple steps that you actually can do right now while you're listening to this. Remember your land acknowledgements. Take a step further and actually learn about whose traditional territories you live on. Check out native-land.ca for a map and find out where you are. Find out what it meant to live on the land that you're living. And then talk to people about it. I think that helps so much. Talk to people about what land you're on, what land they're on, and find out about the people. Now that you know a little bit about your traditional territory that you live on, the next step is actually to learn about those Indigenous people. Google them. Look up not only their history, but what current issues their communities face and how you can help. Another thing you can do is connect with your elected officials. Tell them to stop talking about how much they care and actually take some action. Ask them directly what they are doing to make a change. These are steps you can actually do right now, today. As I said, all this information and more is on www.oncanadaproject.ca slash settlers take action. It's really succinct, it's really clear, and I know you care. I know I do, and I know the Firecracker Department community does as well. We love our Firecracker Indigenous community so much. And I'll be reaching out to my friends personally this week to check in with them and see how they're doing, because this cannot be an easy time for those folks. And I suggest you do the same. Okay, now... As you know, Firecracker Department was started because I wanted to create another platform for women and non-binary voices to speak, to yell, to laugh, to share their stories. And today is no exception. We've got an amazing, amazing guest today. And I know you're gonna love her. First, we're gonna do a little Firecracker shout out from one of my favorites, Vicki Breyer, all the way in our Firecracker Department chapter in England.
1: Hi, it's Vicky, the Graphics and Newgate Department. My firecracker shout out is to my grandma. She's 89 this week and over the last few years, she's showed me so many things, especially giving me the strength to carry on since the passing of my late father. She's just incredible. So I would like to give a firecracker shout out to my grandma.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Vicky. I just love it. I love that we've got firecrackers around the world. So eventually my dream is that you can land anywhere in the world and there'll be a firecracker you can connect with. And you'll feel like you've got people around you that you can connect with and uh, relate to and create with. That's my dream. All right. Our guest on the show this week is queer artist, actor and registered nurse, Chloe Vandershoot. I am just so thrilled to share our conversation. Gosh, I so loved chatting with her, and she really just exemplifies the firecracker spirit in so many ways. I know you're going to adore her as much as I do. Now, Chloe grew up in the small town of Grimsby, Ontario, where she studied dance and eventually found herself in nursing school at Queen's University in Kingston. When Chloe isn't dancing or storytelling, you can find her working as a nurse in downtown Toronto, where she works in pre- and post-op surgery at St. Michael's. I mean, this this person is so full of talent and heart and she chooses nursing and art to share it with us. It's extraordinary, it's extraordinary. She's also worked in the emergency department during the pandemic. So, I mean, gosh, on behalf of so many of us, I'm just gonna take this moment right now and say thank you, Chloe. Thank you so much for, gosh, your part in this whole, crazy year that we've had and for your commitment to caring for the community we are just so incredibly lucky to have people like you on not only this podcast but in our world and and I don't take it for granted I mean speaking with Chloe was such a treat not only because it got to share her story but it got a chance for me to express some gratitude and uh that felt really good it felt really good because gosh what would we have done Without those folks putting in those hours and challenging their families and challenging themselves through the pandemic. Incredible, incredible people. And then also, Chloe on the side is still pursuing her dreams and her art and finding ways for them to come together. Her on screen credits include the critically acclaimed Canadian feature, Jackie Boy, and the biopic, Chris Watts Confessions of a Killer. Now, she stars in the feature film, It's So Beautiful, Loon, which is written and directed by another Firecracker community member, Aviva Armour Ostroff. Oh gosh, I love Aviva so much. I just adore this person. She is not only an amazing artist, but she's just got an incredible heart. So what a treat to be able to share a discussion around her film. Loon is making its Canadian premiere at the Toronto Jewish Film Festival on June 4th, and it won the prestigious Mickey Moore Award for Best Narrative Feature, directed and written by a woman. Also a Canadian woman, which is a first for this award. Chloe also starred in the 2020 film Skin that was shot in Cuba. The film was the feature directorial debut of Filomena Gwaroski, who was the first assistant director on the acclaimed lesbian drama, Below Her Mouth, which premiered at TIFF in 2016. So it's like six degrees of firecracker separation with all these projects. Chloe's currently in quarantine at an undisclosed location, which is also very exciting and super mysterious, as she preps for an exhilarating new project and major step on her journey. So so definitely follow her on all platforms, links of course in our show notes, as she has got some big, big news coming out very soon. I am so excited to get this started, and I'm so excited to share her story with you. So here's my conversation with the extraordinary actor, artist, frontline worker, nurse, Chloe Vandershoot. So when you're living in Grimsby and you're, um, you know, dancing in your kitchen, thinking and dreaming of like Broadway and maybe like Hollywood and things like that, can you talk to me about the I guess the fork in the road where you're like nursing kind of creeps in as well
1: it's, it's funny because I was never the kid who was like dreaming oh, I'm gonna be a star like I just never that was never that was never what was happening I just loved performing I loved it and I did competitive dance because mm-hmm. it was just more opportunity to perform and I just I never cared about the winning I just wanted to have a good time um so what kind of dance been, did you do I did all the things like ballet jazz no I didn't do tap hip-hop I was a disaster at hip-hop though I'm so limby It was just what I didn't look cool doing it but I loved doing it yeah um yeah like the whole repertoire yeah and I loved I loved it so much it was just like such a safe space to just like feel all your things and oh, I was yes. always a kid who had big, big feelings and my parents knew that and they just kind of put me in dance for that reason too yeah what, is that, what does that mean I've heard that
0: expression like a kid with big feelings what did that mean for you
1: it was just a lot of external I guess reaction to the world around me and not always not always from like a negative place ever mostly positive I just it's mm-hmm. like I wanted everybody to be on my level mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I get feeling it. right and dance, yeah. was, dance was such a, a beautiful way to to do that and to tire me out as a kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I have to, I mean, I danced uh, competitively for a long time as a kid, teenager as well. Yeah. But I don't think I had the same relationship. And what you're talking about, of like, I just wanted to move my body. I wanted to, like, f- put my feelings into my body and music. Yeah. Like, and I think I had more of a, like, I think I got there eventually. But when I was a kid, I think it was much more, I don't know, um, restrictive. I didn't, I didn't. Uh, it was too controlling for me I think or mm. at least that was my brain my brain did that to me
1: and um, I mean so a lot well. of my friends who were in dance have that same kind of relationship with with dance it was very structured and disciplined and you must do the thing or you're in trouble so yeah. I had teachers who were like that and I just was never allowed in the group numbers for yeah reason <laughs> No, I was yeah. fine with it. They just gave me solos instead. I was like, that's way better. That
0: didn't that <laughs> didn't break your heart. Oh, you got solos. Okay. It, I it's just fine. was reflecting the other day about my dance history and how like heartbroken I would be, like getting put at the back of a group number I was or not getting at a the solo. back. <laughs> I know we're tall, right? So it, it makes complete sense, but just devastated.
1: Yeah. I was yeah. tall and always off, like a beat either ahead or behind always. So they're like, <laughs> Chloe, back corner for you. And I was like...
0: <laughs> Uh, so then you're dancing and you're yeah. feeling yourself, and then w- tell me how nursing creeps into I, that.
1: I always wanted to work in healthcare. I originally went to school um, like every kid did, like science wants to become a doctor. So I tried going that route, and then quickly realized I did not want to dedicate my life to that level of schooling. So I switched into nursing when I when I was at university, and it was the best one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's, it's whether you become a nurse or you don't become a nurse, the things you learn in that program, you can't really learn anywhere else. You, you Learning how to take care of human beings is, yeah, it's something that already kind of has to be inside of you, but when mm. you learn to do it in a professional way, like you just see the world a little bit differently. And do you remember like of- an
0: instance when that really struck you, like in your training or in your practice?
1: Um, it was actually when I started working like professionally after nursing school uh, I started taking acting class and then everything started to make sense mm. <laughs> really quickly because I had big feelings again about everything that I was doing with at work and then started taking class and it was such it was a place to put feelings it kind of took the spot of what dance was for me mm. and then my uh, my teacher at the time Louis Bonmander, he he really really helped me to see the relationship between My nurse life and like my my inner performer life, and he's like, you see so much life throughout the day Mm. that people have no idea about. And if you want to breathe this into your your art, you have such access. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay, this is interesting. Here we go. Yeah. He he for sure helped make that helped helped bridge those two parts of who I am, and here we are. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean that's incredible because I think you know, I mean, being a nurse and especially, we're, we'll talk about this during the pandemic, uh, you're, you've got like two big passions on your plate. Yeah. right. And so like, I, I mean, this might be ignorant, but my vision of nursing is you work fucking hard and that any extra energy is used to get energy for the next round, the next shift. And the fact that you're like, or oh, I'm gonna take that energy and take acting classes. Like, tell me about that balance.
1: It was necessary for me because these are two huge parts of who i am like they constantly need feeding so if if, it it actually gave me energy to put everything that i was doing with that work into art or performance or something like it actually refueled me in a way which Mm -hmm. is interesting um but then the pandemic hit and i was working uh, double the amount of hours than I was before. So I started to lose that balance. And then I took a, I, I took a bit of a turn and like, that was new for me because I was always able to keep them at such like, at such a level place. And then I wasn't anymore. So yeah. that, that became a whole other challenge. What did
0: that look like for you when you were like, uh-oh, I'm the balance? Oh is- man.
1: So I ended up getting redeployed um, from my original area. I usually work in day surgery and then they shut down all surgery to free up beds in the hospital they redeployed me to the emergency department because I had a bit of experience there. So I'm getting thrown into one of the busiest departments in in the entire hospital, in one of the busiest hospitals in downtown Toronto, starting a new job that I don't really know anything about in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, and by the way, film and TV has been deemed a non-essential service, so figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, so I got depressed, for sure. Like I got so sad and I just kind of, everything I was kind of got dissociated and put over here in order to just kind of function at work. I just felt like I was constantly like up here trying to keep my head above water all the time. Um, So I, yeah, got sad for a while, uh, but then I was like, I, I can't be sad for much longer. This is gonna suck. So I started writing, started just writing about the things that were happening, the things I was feeling and started dancing around my apartment. And then it kind of morphed into a short film idea based on what I was experiencing in the hospital. Cause I was like, wait a second here, Chloe. No one's allowed in the hospital right now and you're in the hospital. Oh, and you like to make things. So why don't you create something to share mm-hmm. with the rest of the world to like offer some perspective as to what's going on here. So mm-hmm. then that just, re- it, it refueled me. It refueled me. It got me out of what I was feeling and it, it gave me a bit of hope and let my artists show through so that I could share this experience in a way that stilled me up and offered something for other people.
0: I think I understand like that feeling of like, you must have been working in the pandemic time as a nurse and going, I just have to push push through. I know I'm sad right yeah. now, but I'm just gonna push through because it's yeah. there there's will be an end. It's not in sight yet, but there will be an end. And then I'll get back to the balance that I had before. And truly what you did was way smarter, which is I'm going to shift and Mm -hmm. and find the balance within this new chaos.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's the cool thing about like when you see through like a more artistic lens is like you can shift your perspective a lot easier. You can see what's happening in the world around you and the world you're working in. And I just started to see everything as like choreography like there's a rhythm to everything going on in the hospital like I was a part of like a big resuscitation with a COVID patient and I'm like doing CPR and then I'm just I'm just also looking around me and everybody has a role and a place and there's rhythm and there's movement and I was like oh my god I just saw the dance happening and I was like oh wow this is actually beautiful one sec and then there's like a homeless person running through banging on the door while it's all happening and I was just like this is this is theater
0: I I can I'm like in there with you like I can see that image that you just painted that's so incredible where do you get that from where do you get that kind of work ethics um
1: I don't know I don't think of it as like a work ethic it's just kind of
0: okay it's a tool where do you get that tool
1: because I I feel like that's a tool
0: that it had to be either ingrained or you had to teach yourself like the times where I've been like Uh, depressed or down I had to gather tools of getting myself out of it so that now I see the signs and I'm like I got the tools so you you obviously had like strength of character and strength of of history to get yourself where you are now
1: yeah well um I had like two of the most supportive parental units in the world so I mean I had them as a constant resource through all this I'm so 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 lucky in the medical system, what good they um, do? My mom's a pharmacy tech, so kind of ish, and my dad's a a cabinet maker, like a high-end cabinet maker. So oh, cabinet like, maker. Both love. Yeah. He's an artist, like artist brain, artist everything. Yeah. A quirky little guy, love him.
0: So, um, sidebar: my father was a professor at Queens in organic really? chemistry. Yeah
1: no way what yeah. is he still was he still a professor he
0: passed away so he passed oh, away sorry. yeah no that's okay he left a huge and important legacy but um yeah he taught organic chemistry so anytime and he died of cancer so anytime we dealt with any of the doctors not only did he quiz them of like who were your teachers i probably yeah. taught those folks and he also was like this drug that i'm taking he was taking um OC metronib which is like a cancer blocker and he made the doctor like draw the formula for it <laughs> so he was so it was that's amazing
1: mm-hmm. One sec. can you please draw that for me
0: yeah exactly exactly that. kept him really engaged and um anyway so sidebar so your folks were like super supportive they,
1: yeah and they just they never pushed me in a certain direction they just they just let me do my thing and they they had so much trust in me and that was a huge part of it like yeah as you know, like in the, like to do what we do, like it takes a village. Like you can never just do this on your own. No. Like, it's never, I do self, it's you need A lot of other people around you yeah. to help you get there. And, Agreed. Yeah, and uh, they're a huge part of that. They never, they just let me do the things. So I for sure, they for sure wanted to pull their hair a couple of times, but I mean, what parent doesn't, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're in the, the, I don't know, like the mud of the pandemic and you're going in for, what kind of shifts were you doing?
1: Uh, like it was like 12 hour days, 12 hour yeah. nights. Like it's like two days on, two, day, two, di- two days on, then two nights on, then some days off. But then I was picking up overtime too because they were so short. And yeah, it was just like, you're just like driving the bus. Like you're yeah. just on autopilot. Like my relationship disintegrated for a bit. Like my friends were like, who are you? And I was like, I don't know, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. There's this thing and called the pandemic and I have to before you felt. Fa-
0: yeah. It's just this thing. It's a project <laughs> I've got going on. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about it. it's NDA. But- like it NDA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So but but before you decided, like before you found the strength to start um, writing, because I do think it takes strength to get out of there. Like whether it's like, as you said, it takes a village, right? Like friends to sort of like, hey, mm-hmm. I gotta you, you gotta turn a corner here, or whether yeah. it's something. Was, was there like a moment that you were like, this has to change? Because I can imagine you felt like quitting. Like you yeah, were also learning a new nice job. <laughs> like in all of this, it's like, an it's like intense. And also like looking over the fence at <laughs> acting. Like, well, <laughs>
1: <why?"> <laughs> I gotta do my times table over here. <laughs> yeah. That was me every day. It's exactly what I looked like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I. I was actually speaking with my dance, my, my, my old dance teacher, Jane Elliott. And she's like, she just thought she just looked at me over, over FaceTime. And she's like, can you just please go move your body? Like she knew exactly. She's like, go find five places, record yourself dancing, five different places, record yourself dancing, do it for you, share it, whatever, do that. And I was like, you're right. You're right. And then, and then, that's kind of the catalyst that helped get me out of it. And I was also speaking to Viva a lot, and Viva was also like, you have enough, like write everything down, write everything down, like fodder for your art, fodder for your art, is what she kept saying. I was just like, you're right, you're right, you're right. So Mm -hmm. it almost felt like a bit of a, like a duty at that point too. So I was like, okay, yes
0: yes 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 (laughs) it's so funny when two things strike me about what you just said a like if somebody gives me a project i'm like got it like i don't always have like the vision to get myself out of it but somebody else like i remember being down once and my friend was like start making christmas presents for other people and i'm like it's june i'm not gonna just like no start and it actually really helped me because it focused me on something other than my broken heart yeah Um, but your dance teacher suggesting that but also aviva like that's such a gift she's a gift (laughs) yeah isn't she come on i I want (laughs) to talk about lune um but uh but i will also say that sometimes like the emotional crux that you're in isn't easy to write for no it isn't easy to write from
1: that's why i dance because that's the place it comes from right and then like that's how it happened and then the story shaped through through movement and then i was able to write after Mm -hmm. like I was I just like recorded myself dance I made a couple videos of me like moving around in my scrubs like at work when it was like downtime and just like like and then I knew what to write so and then like seeing like the rhythm of things like Mm -hmm. around me like I just need yeah I guess it's not work ethic it's someone telling me see it through this way and then you just do it (laughs) yeah I
0: I really love that is what's what is something about um like the behind the scenes of the pandemic that people don't know about. Cause I feel like there's a vision of what you all went through being on the front lines. And I think that people didn't know how to support the frontline workers because it was such an unknown territory. Can you yeah. give me like some insight on
1: that? Yeah. And I mean, I think we didn't even really know how to like support ourselves either. Cause it's just like one, two, three, go. Yeah. And everything was changing every day. The government didn't know what the hell was going on. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. So we were just like, like flying by the seat of our pants Yeah, and like I work in a downtown hospital that, that deals with a lot of like the no fixed address population. So when all the shelters got shut down, uh, a lot of them came to us. So like, we had to like transform our waiting room into like a homeless shelter. Oh my God. In addition to like also the patients waiting in the waiting room and at the beginning of the pandemic, like it would take like three or four days for these swabs to get back. So you're just like holding, the, holding these people until their results get back. So it was just, it was just chaos, yeah, constantly. And it's interesting because the way like acute scenarios are depicted in film on film and TV are hilarious to me because it's not actually how it goes. Like It's like. Well, if you watch like Crazy Anatomy or right. or or any show where there's like some sort of intense thing happening, everyone's dramatic about it. And I'm like, that's not how it goes. We're like talking about like what we're going to get from Uber Eats before like the trauma comes in. <laughs> like That's right. how it goes. But it's just like, that's that's the trauma in itself is like normalizing it. Like normalizing trauma so that we can do our job. Yeah. Um, so it's, it was just, it became a lot of us normalizing a lot of uh, really... Tragic things really fast.
0: Yeah, I bet. Um, I really, I just can't imagine waking up in the morning knowing that you're diving into that. Were you angry? Were you angry at being put into this situation?
1: Uh, No, I felt like I was like, well, I had a skill set. So I felt useful and like I had a Mm. sense of purpose, which was good, which I know like some people in my life lost a lot of their sense of purpose because their, their jobs or their their sense of purpose were, were taken away and they hadn't found their new thing yet so it was it that I wrote that for a bit but that wears on you know, especially when the things that you usually use to recharge or or to decompress are completely removed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're working these crazy hours in a place where you don't have any friends yet <laughs> right
0: right <laughs> um and also like you're connecting with people that are deathly ill so it's also like that kind of emotional connection
1: and you are there um, only emotional connection for the yeah. day because there's no family allowed in there's no visitors like I remember this this like this this 40-year-old guy being wheeled in by EMS and like his wife is just screaming from the waiting room and she wasn't allowed in yeah she wasn't allowed in and it's just like it's like that stuff that that wears on you like the like the, it's not the disease itself it's everything auxiliary mm-hmm. like the emotional like attachments that are kind of that people have to help yeah. you get through their, their time in the hospital are removed. So then that's now your responsibility too as, as, as a nurse. So yeah, it's like a lot of added, a lot yeah. of added responsibility that happened as well. Uh, did you know that going into nursing that this was part of the deal? Yeah, I mean, I love people and I love, I, love, I like to take care of them and I love to hear their stories. So that was, I, I knew I was signing up for that, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how, like, you don't sign up for a pandemic and think that you're going to be unsupported by our government too. Like the second wave was brutal. Like I did a couple shifts in the ICU and uh, I was absolutely floored walking around with the the ICU nurse who's been there for a year and a half. She was literally like, he's going to die. She's going to die. He's going to die. Like, so just nonchalant about it. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is how it is. This is how you are when you've been a year and a half. Into dealing with the most sick people in the world right now. And it was all essential workers, all under the age of 65. So, and they were like, Yep, if we had paid sick days, this wouldn't be a problem. And I was like, I know.
0: Yeah, that's the anger part. Like, that's the anger part. That's when I
1: got got really angry. Yeah. Started going on the news, being like, this is what's going on. Yeah. So, did you start connecting with the media? Yeah. Yeah. I went on CBC, I went on CTV, and I was just really angry. Yeah that's when the anger really ha- happened. And a lot of people had no idea what was going on. So I was glad I did that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love the action of yours where you say like, this is going on and I do have power. Like we actually through social media, everyone's got power now, whether you have like a hundred followers or a hundred thousand followers, everybody yeah. has the power to put your voice out there. Yeah. You did it.
1: Yeah. I was like, people need to know this is out of control. Yeah. Did that help? Did you feel like it
0: helped you, or did it did it change things for you?
1: Uh, I, I definitely. I, it felt like the appropriate move for me. I was just like, what am I afraid of? I don't have anything to be afraid of right now. The real fear lies with what with, with what my patients are dealing with. Mm. So I'm just, what do I have to lose? Approximately nothing. So let's stand up for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, gosh, you like somebody with the big feels that you have chose a really interesting <laughs> profession where you're like you know, not only are you challenged through as an actor, but like going into that kind of war zone every day, that's a,
1: that's a big taste for
0: a sensitive heart.
1: Oh, for sure. It's also a beautiful place for, to make art. Yeah. God, I
0: love that you said that because I think that, I think we're tired. I think the world is tired. And a lot of folks are like, I'm going to just shut down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just going to like, you could have quit. You could have said like, this is just my job and robotically go about your day as a nurse. And then when it's over, it's over. But instead you're, you were diving in, you kind of dove deeper into the well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see what happens with that. I'm two weeks in quarantine now. So I'm in an <laughs> existential crisis because it's the first time I've been able to sit for a year yeah. and a half. But <laughs> Right. So is this the first time you've <laughs> left nursing? Cause I
0: know you're on this new um, journey. I, I like in the last, when you, sorry, so when you left nursing recently, was it for this project or had you taken any break between last March? No, it
1: was always, I always, I I took a bit of a break when I first started because I shot, I shot a movie abroad and let me take a casual position at the hospital that I work at. And the, the schedule is really flexible. Like you just make your own schedule when you're casual. So you can just work as much or as little as you want. Um, So that was really great but this is the first time that I won't be nursing for a very long time and I yeah. don't know what it's going to do to me because they, they're just such important parts of who I am and people are always like oh nursing that's a great fallback and I for them like it's not a fallback at all it's like the reason I want to make art oh, it's the so reason scary. I want to share it's it's the reason why I'm this person yeah. So no it's not a fallback at all I'll always nurse no matter what
0: I also love like the amount of training that goes into being a nurse and be like, that's your Joe job. Like, no, 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 <laughs> no,
1: no, no, yeah. no, 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 no,
0: no, no. And where did uh, Loon fit into this? Cause I, I just want to speak a little bit about that project. Yeah. Not only, I mean, God, I'm such a fan of Aviva's and this is the thing I knew Aviva as a performer director in the fringe world. And then seeing her performance in Luna, I was like, of course she's fantastic. Like it just, yeah. just brought a whole new bright, beautiful light on her. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk about product. that project?
1: Yeah, no, she's, yeah, that was like the best product that ever came into my life. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I'm so happy she's in my life too. Um, I actually saw the breakdown on, like, what is it? Casting Workbook or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, I on your spare agent. breaks
0: is that what's going on okay let me just actually pause. It work. Yeah. so you're treating patients you're dealing emotionally and then I'm just on my lunch break I'm just going to scroll the casting workbook to make sure my agents stepping up with the roles that I want to go out for oh boy oh boy
1: yeah yeah yes I guess so something like that um, yeah, you're not a big sleeper
0: is what I'm thinking
1: I sleep when I get home I guess yeah but yeah I don't know how to sit down. That's why this two week quarantine is going to be an interesting existential challenge for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my agent was like, oh, I already submitted you for that. I was like, well, can you send me again? Because like, I, I think I need, I need to do this. And then uh, I ended up getting the audition and I, I taped for it. And Aviva didn't, Aviva wasn't buying it at first because she saw my headshots and there were stupid shots on my MDV. I will agree. She's like, that's not what a wise is going to look like. Like they were like stupid glam shots that I took a while ago. Like, it, they weren't me. Mm-hmm. And that was what she was basing it off of. And then I did a tape for it. And then she emailed my agent. She's like, oh, yeah, we'd love to read with her. And then I went to her house. And then we hugged. Like, I <laughs> we went to her dorm, we hugged. And I was like, mm-hmm. you, I, we were just kind of like, I think this is it. Yeah. So we sat down and we read. And then... That was how it went. I found yeah. out I got the part while I was at work. I started crying, <laughs> and my patients are like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "I just, this, this, yeah, I'm really good." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
0: happy. It's happy tears this time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm surprised people time. stopped. I have a feeling like there's a lot of tears at the hospital. So be like, "Oh, she's just crying again." Like, but no, no, this is a good happy. happy well, these cry. are good. These
1: are good yeah. ones. I
0: promise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. now you're
0: in quarantine for this project. Now this is this is my feeling about this project because I know it's got an NDA attached. <laughs> but what I'm really curious about is like it's a turning point, right? This is a bit of a turning point in your in your life, in your career. Mm-hmm. Like if you talk about the balance of like like acting and nursing, you were like super heavy into the nursing and now you're gonna be like in quarantine going, I need to nurse. Like it's not something that you can just do. Like, oh, like while I'm you're not nursing, allowed you're, like, to. Right. Right. So yeah. like while you, were, while you were doing your nurse work, I don't know if they call it that nurse work, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but then you're like, I'm going to write on the side, but it's not like you can act with nursing on the side.
1: No, I even emailed my agent. I was like, is there a way to get out of a 14 day quarantine? Like, can I just go like pick up like a shift that like, there's literally a hospital across the street from where I'm quarantined. I was oh, like, can I, we can skip the quarantine? Yeah. And Nick's like, no, you cannot go and- that's no and I was like oh, you're right right
0: yeah right. yeah so so yeah. tell me how you are with this new new step in your journey
1: I it all happened really fast and uh I have no idea what I'm in for so yeah yeah I'm excited I'm nervous I'm terrified I have zero idea what what I'm in for at all it's gonna be a ride for sure and um yeah I don't know it doesn't feel real still and it feels really weird to like I've been having a bit of a of a mental thing of like abandoning ship in the middle of a pandemic yeah like that's been a bit of a thing that I've I've been really trying to process um and where do you
0: put that kind of stuff because that as much as you know you might enjoy the change like it is a level of like that's your team
1: yeah well it was really cute they gave me their blessing. They like got, oh my God, I'm gonna make their crying. Um, they know how how much I wanted this part of my life too. And they, and they they got me like a big sweater um, with like the name of the hospital that I work at. And they're like, you can wear it in your hair, makeup trailer. <sighs> and then they like go got me a little card with like a bunch of little nurses on it, and they all signed it. And I was just like, oh my god. They're like, go follow your dreams. <laughs> Wow. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was really, I felt like it was okay. I yeah, got their permission in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But that's something that you probably really needed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so that felt that felt right. And they're like, "See you when you're back. <laughs> There'll be ships for you." I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. <laughs>
0: but I, this is the thing, Chloe. I feel like uh, you're a really strong. I don't know you seem really like you figured it out (laughs) i know that that's not like the truth because we're all human beings but it feels like you have a like a really clear sense of who you are in this chaotic world and you also feel i feel like you you know what you need to be the best person you can be what do you think about that and where do you where do you think this comes from
1: that's a nice thing to say. Um, I think so. I don't, I don't know. I think we're always just trying to figure it out. Constantly. Oh God, yeah. all just, like, I'm not children. saying you're finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, got it. We're Check. all just like little kids in adult suits all the time trying to yeah. pretend like you know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, again I think so much of it comes from like my, my childhood and growing up with like two parents who like didn't who just let me run my own path and let mm-hmm. me figure out who I was but we're always like so supportive and we're there to catch me if I fall so Mm -hmm. having a system like that like I mean it just gives you so much permission to explore who you are and figure it out and not put so many boundaries on yourself like so that's pretty huge and yeah Mm -hmm. we're always learning and uh, I think my art has taught me so much about who I am as a nurse and my nursing has taught me so much about who I am as an actor so Mm -hmm. there's just having that constant tension just allows you to keep Figuring it out, I guess. And mm-hmm. I we all have that as people. It's just figuring out what that is.
0: It's so interesting. Can you, was there a moment, like, was you said they caught you when you fell? Was there a moment when you fell, quote unquote, that was like a, a tipping point for you that you were like, because sometimes in your life you can see, like, oh, I could have gone down that path and my life would be entirely different, but I went down that path. Do you remember that moment? <gasps>
1: I mean I probably will and I'll have a really like elegant answer for you like three hours later when I think
0: (laughs) oh my god I can't wait for the text
1: (laughs) but (laughs) But feel free
0: to fumble your way through the answer if you don't
1: I uh well the when I got depressed in the pandemic that was a big one they were just like Chloe you will find your way out like like Mm -hmm. everyone else in my life too and um I think when I started my nursing career and then I booked that movie shooting abroad, like I had to quit my job in order to go do it. And they were like, okay, (laughs) they were like, Chloe, you worked so hard for this. And now you're quitting three months in, but they just, they just, they just, they didn't, they just trusted. And then the movie ended up being a disaster and I had no more nursing job anymore. And I was very, very sad about that, but they just, they just kind of, they're Mm -hmm. like, they didn't coddle or anything they were just like you'll figure it out They just kept telling me I'd figure it out <laughs> I mean to be honest that is kind of the best
0: thing like friends yeah. family can say to you like I, I, I know nobody wants from some, somebody to offer the solution because then it's like you've solved this for me but if you keep just saying like keep going like if you're in a disastrous movie just keep going you'll figure it out I, I have yeah. faith in you as opposed yeah. to you a b and c
1: yeah and I and I think um I don't know. I just, when you see so much trauma and shit at work and like bad things happening to good people, you're just like, I do what you want, man, because things can change so quickly. And like my mom has like a degenerative illness. So like watching her kind of, um, move about life, uh, with like limited mobility and stuff. Like, I think that's also why too, she's just like, go live your life because things get harder. Things happen that you have no control of. And then it, it's just going to make the things that you want to do a lot harder. So do everything that you want while you can. And yeah. Like that's what my patients have taught me too. Like constantly, they're just like they're like telling me all their their regrets in life. That's such <laughs> an interesting like, oh, wow. Place to wow. Be. Yeah. 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 So it's just like it fills you up with a bit of like a almost like a responsibility to like live your life. <laughs> That instead of sense. wondering yeah so I think yeah. to answer your question that's why maybe I've come into understanding how those two things function in my life because yeah the people around me my patients my family have just been like things can change really fast so enjoy it when yeah can.
0: it's DNA too I think something in your DNA teaches you and has taught you to like instead of shutting down like to dig in like even when you went to this movie that you shot abroad and it was a disaster, it feels like you still recognize that you needed to do that. Like, it wasn't like you were ruining your life from doing it, but you needed to live your life.
1: Oh, I felt like I ruined it. <laughs> did it? Did it really? <laughs> in the moment I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Yeah. But then you just you wallow in it for a bit and then you got to move on.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, how did you make sense of that? Cause I feel like those, I mean, I don't believe in the word mistake really, but I do believe that, like the the things that we've learned from the challenges are what we needed uh, and somebody my acting teacher said this she said oh gosh i'm kind of paraphrasing she said the world um uh, doesn't do things to you do they do things for you
1: yeah i like that yeah i like that one too that makes sense yeah yeah so i guess again your acting teacher is right if you just start to see the world through that lens you're like less devastated about stuff because you're like, well, mama's just meant to happen. Let's take what we learned from that. That's retrospect, but that disastrous (laughs)
0: movie, how did you like, if you're abroad and you're doing a disastrous movie, you're even more isolated from your support Mm -hmm. network. Um, How did you get through that?
1: Um, It wasn't so much a disaster while it was there. It was a disaster once it came out and it was Ah. just, I, I was like, what did I do? Like it was just, and it was my first, film and I didn't know what I was what I was doing I just kind of took the opportunity and ran with it and didn't think about it too much um, but again you learn like you're always going to have those those roles that you look back on and you're like wow that was some learning yeah. what would you do differently <laughs> I don't know nothing I don't think things happen and you deal with them and Agreed. things happen differently maybe I wouldn't be here yeah I mean it gets too complicated you just think back and what would I do differently yeah. It's like, what am I going to do now? And what am I going to do moving forward is yeah, what I'm more interested in.
0: Yeah. I'm more interested in that too. Who's kidding who? And I think you, you've got everything you need. I think
1: so. I mean, I got my cool rollerblades with me. I'm excited about that. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> I kind of meant internally,
1: but yes. <laughs> I know. <rollerblades>. I know. <laughs> that, was, that was me just deflecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, yesterday was like my first full day of quarantine and it was weird I just like sat around and looked at all the weird things in my apartment in this fully furnished apartment that someone else decorated and um, thought about what to do with myself
0: yeah so oh, interesting yeah. um I feel like we should do like a follow-up in like uh you know I don't know when it launches and be like okay this is actually how it was because there's so many like what ifs right now Yeah. Like I remember when like doing, um, I did a series called Mr. D and, and I had all these, like, I I think you're so right. Like I get myself so wrapped up in the what ifs of life Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to stay present. So like, like I get so into the possibilities of the success as opposed to, I'm just going to do my art, which I think you were able to hold on to.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens.
0: Oh, I'm excited for you, but I'm also so inspired by your, like, um, your artistic self. I think it's, it's so much more interesting than, than commercials, like the commercial aspect of what we're doing. And I feel like whatever you do, you're going to bring your art.
1: I hope so. I mean, I think that's kind of what it is. It's just, I think we get, some people just get and myself too in times so like you get caught up in like the art of it and my ivory tower I'm unattainable and I'm like no that's not how you're gonna like actually get to people like if you're in this to like share and tell stories and move and like create conversation like you and your ivory tower are not gonna work Like, you gotta yeah. get real with it you gotta be grounded and again like I constantly go back to my nursing as like the best acting school in the world for that. Like yeah. that's that's where all the real stuff happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. If you're
0: interested, oh. but like you're obviously somebody that dives in because I think you also there are people that can only survive that kind of circumstance by putting up their armor.
1: Oh, for sure. And I mean it was like it was like so interesting to to really analyze everyone I worked with and just see that it's like such a common character trait of anyone who works in an emergency department is just like dry like gallows humor constantly yeah and I was like oh like these are the characters and i was like oh this is a character in the show that I'm on right and like these are this is how it actually goes yeah like
0: (laughs) um what's the like you said you wrote a short film has that been released where's that at
1: Oh, goodness. It's still in its infancy of like okay. the writing the thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping to to do the thing when I'm back in November. Yeah. Um, that's and I'm excited for that. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've never made a short film in my life. So that'll yeah. be a, a journey. But I trust the story. And I think it's a perspective that not a lot of people have access to right now. So and it's not just for me. It's like for my healthcare comrades who yeah. who don't know how to explain to people either of how this all goes. I don't know how to explain it either, but it moves through my body and that's how we're going to do it. So yeah, and I, a lot of people who I work with just feel not understood and they come home from their shift and it's just hard to articulate what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is actually hard to articulate what happened, whether you're an artist or not. Like it's just, it's hard to use the words. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's also tough because you have to relive it when you articulate it and that's sometimes. Yeah yeah
1: Yeah, there's something almost deflective about dance too in a way maybe not deflective but it makes the processing like a little more gentler and I mean back I mean back to Loon too like my character in Loon like that's how Eliza dealt with everything that she was dealing with at home when she danced like that's Mm -hmm. where she felt her feelings because there was no space for her at home to to have an opinion or have a feeling or articulate an emotion. So that's mm-hmm. why she started dancing. It was a safe space for her. And again, that parallels a lot to how I viewed dance as a safe space to have my feelings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I think um, I find dance, I don't see it enough live. I mean, nobody sees anything live right now, but um, when I do see live dance, it hits me emotionally in a way that no other art hits me. It's and
1: visceral it's
0: so visceral i used to watch, do you ever follow like Le ballet jazz i remember that yeah. being like a favorite <laughs> of mine and my father and i used to go to these concerts and we would dance home like we would like dance in the parking lot and then dance all the way home and it was just uh, yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's an extraordinary
1: yeah and When people start moving, it's and I I noticed this at work too. Like sometimes I'll just start like moving and shaking like down the hall and like other people like start to join in. And then before you know it, everyone's laughing in this like shitty situation we're all and all of a sudden we're having like two and a half minutes of joy together. You're just like, Wow, what a powerful tool this is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that so much. I love like I feel like Everybody should sing and everybody should dance. I don't care if you don't think you're a dancer. I don't think if you're, I don't care if you're a tone deaf. I just think it's something that it 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 uh, releases.
1: Yeah, it like unlocks because you have to when you sing and when you dance, it's all in your breathing yeah, too, right? right? So if you're big singing, big dancing, you got to open up, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you're just like, wow, I'm feeling like things I never felt before. Yeah,
0: I know. That's why you can't fake um, singing. Like if somebody is really uh-huh. connected to what, you know what I mean? Cause it's so yeah. connected to your breath. So um, it sort of ruins a lot of like mid singers for me. Cause I'll watch them and be like, oh, they're not really connected. But then when somebody sings from their like gut, from their heart, it's like, oh, yeah. crack. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause it just, it just like moves upward through. Mm-hmm. You can just see it in their eyes and their faces. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Listen, we have to wrap it up, but I'm yeah. so excited. And I'm so excited to have this chance to talk to you at this point in your life, but also just with you. I'm, I'm just really excited to watch what you do next. Thanks, I
1: mean, yeah, no, this was awesome. Hopefully we get to do it again.
0: So now we usually do like a little thing where I turn the tables and you get to ask me a question to make it fair. If you have any questions for me, I'll take them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like you've been at this for quite some time. So kind of what was like the pivotal project for you where you're just like, ah, uh-ah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm this makes sense to me.
0: Oh yeah. Like when I was um, like, I, for sure I want to be an actor. Yeah. Um I don't think it was a project. I think when I went to theater school, I went to Ryerson in Toronto. And um I was sort of this is why your journey was so interesting to me because I feel like I was sort of on the ledge of like maybe i'll become a teacher or maybe i'll become an uh, like an actor and live a life of uncertainty <laughs> so um i was in that that sort of precipice and i auditioned for theater school and i got in and then i called like three times within like an hour asking like a can i defer it for a year b can i get a teaching certificate with this program and c can i um can i do how ha- like just term by term or something like that because i was so like <sighs> nervous about taking that step and they were like no you can't (laughs) you can't use it as for a teaching certificate no you can't defer it and yes you can do it for a term and then go for the next term so I was like I'm just gonna go for a term see how it goes you know I'm not gonna put all my eggs in one basket and in the first like two days I was like nothing else I don't want to do anything else it was just so clear to me that I was like in the right I was home
1: yeah
0: and uh yeah and then I felt that again when I was worked at Second City because that's yes. like home to me too when I went oh I don't need to do anything else other than comedy because it was such my like, space
1: amazing and yeah and at that point you're like comedy comedy like that's where I'm at like was there were you were you always like I'm going to do comedy or, Before did, or did comedy you know. find you
0: Um, I always knew I got like I got the funny roles within things like there was funny bits to do they would give it to me within a dramatic play or film or whatever we would do through theater school but um, it definitely became like my passion and improv was my passion and then I was like I don't I don't care if I ever do Shakespeare which is something I never thought I'd say but I was like I'm okay with that at this point because comedy just took priority for me
1: Mm yeah
0: yeah you get it. And it's the same as like when you find your like, your groove and you're like, oh, this is my home.
1: This makes sense. Like you yeah. don't have to like push for it so much. Yeah. It's just. It it's just, just there. Happens. It's just flow. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah.
0: All right. You're great. And this is so lovely. <laughs> I'm going to wrap up with some firecracker wrap up questions. You ready? Yeah, Okay. Sure. Fill in the blank. The, for me, a firecracker is?
1: Firecracker is, is someone who resonates in explosive energy um that you just want to watch <laughs> yeah and be a part of agree learn agreed. from and yes. and 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 just sit and admire I guess <laughs> yeah. I love it it's good yeah. uh what do you want to be best known for what do I want to be best known for I want to be best known for being authentic I guess that's a lame answer but is it is it? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's pretty good.
0: Gosh, if I, if people look back and say, oh, Naomi Sneakers was just herself. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess I don't want to veer too far away from that at all. I think yeah. Grounding is important and hopefully I maintain that.
0: <laughs> I think that if you can have that vision early and know that you got to keep coming back to yourself, I think that's super healthy. I think yeah. sometimes, you know, you find yourself on the path and you're like, wait a second, I'm not like who I, you know, this is an, actually an interesting discussion because I'm having it with my acting teacher uh, of like the person I was when I improvised and how I have left that now and how I'm trying to get back to that. So I think if you can check in regularly, I think it's way better.
1: Yeah, especially this industry too. I think it has like such the capacity to yeah. help you lose sight of that really fast. So, yeah. yeah,
0: Yeah, especially like a place like where you are right now where you're like, I know who I am. I know what I want to do as my art. And then suddenly in a flash, it's like, forget all that stuff. You're in front of the camera, make sure your hair looks good. Make sure uh, you're standing the right way. If you turn your body here, this looks better. And suddenly you're so outside yourself. It's so messed Mm. up that you've like, wait a second. This isn't why I started. I started to connect my heart to my art, not my hair to my (laughs) art.
1: That's a real thing that I'm right? probably gonna have to deal with, and
0: yeah. I'm like, that's the scary part. Yeah, but you got you got a strong sense of self. You know, you're gonna be okay.
1: Hair's gonna be okay.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> you're gonna be fine. Um, what is something that people don't know about you?
1: Oh, goodness me! Oh, I have a cheese complex. <laughs> like I can't eat raw cheese. <laughs> oh. Like wow. it's not a dietary thing; it's just a weird thing that a lot of people have, like tried to debunk. Because I can eat it melted on everything. Like I, I'm like a mac and cheese fiend. Love a good good grilled cheese sandwich, no problem. But raw cheese, like it makes me want to vomit.
0: Okay, this might be a whole other podcast, yeah. but yes, um, yeah. <laughs> what um, what's been? I, I think we talked about this a little bit, but in reflection of your past life and careers, what's been your favorite quote unquote mistake?
1: My favorite mistake was, uh, yeah, quitting nursing yeah. to go film a movie, and then quickly realizing that I need I need nursing in my life in order yeah. to function as an artist. Yeah, amazing. So that was the greatest mistake.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, what's something that you haven't done but you know you have to do?
1: Ooh, I need to make this short film. I know that that we talked about. I need to do that. It's a priority, and I really need to learn how to use these roller blades that I bought.
0: Okay, you've <laughs> got <really> important. <laughs> a great platform. There's lots, just make sure you're wearing elbow knees. Um, okay, who is a firecracker to you?
1: I have two. Get, my art mom, my art mom, who's a Viva. Uh, I have learned an incredible amount of um, what it is to be an artist and the type of art that I want to make. Like she's someone I admire so greatly and I feel so privileged to be like so close alongside that project with her. Yes um she also played my mom in the movie too so it's just it's, it's funny so good as well she's just she's she's someone who's just so authentic and so authentically real and strives for that and the things that she creates and she's just so down to earth and insightful and introspective about everything she does and she's been like such a supporter of me um utilizing nursing in my art and to make art out of nursing so uh I'm so so happy that she's in my life and that mm-hmm. she's encouraged me to kind of follow that path of where I'm at. And then my other firecracker is my real mom, uh, my mom in real life. Cause like I said before, like a degenerative on this, but she's always just there and present and encouraging me to just follow, follow my heart and don't let anything get in the way. Always putting other human beings first. So it's just like, wow, got two pretty wicked firecracker people in my life. Mm-hmm. What's your mom's first name?
0: Laura. Laura.
1: Yeah. Love it. She's um,
0: my final question is, advice what would advice would you have given to a younger chloe
1: just trust the thing don't let other people tell you how it is or what to be or how to do it just trust that you'll figure it out on your own um because you will yeah you will don't get caught up in other people's expectations of what you you think you need to be or who you need to be who cares
0: yeah yeah. amazing i'm so so thrilled to have time with you and to hear your thoughts and your heart and just have I got you yeah mm-hmm. really fun yeah uh you know it's so interesting we started this podcast and more and more like it's so reflective of like it's like winnie's so good at producing because uh, she puts people into to the line of, of interviews that I need to speak to. And I don't know I need to speak to them until I'm talking and I'm like, oh man, I needed this discussion with you. Like it's so fueling. Yeah. So, yeah it's been really great.
1: Yeah, no, likewise. Uh, I think you asked some questions that I think I need to like sit and think about now. <laughs> Might <laughs> me too. You
0: too. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. Well, let's keep in touch. I want to keep yeah. in touch and hear what you're doing. And um, I'd love to. If you ever need uh, any support with what you're working on, just give us a shout.
1: Yeah, no, I yeah. appreciate that for sure.
0: All right, go get them. Enjoy your quarantine.
1: <laughs> I will try. Thanks so much. <laughs> right.
0: Okay, you can follow. Chloe on Instagram at C-H-L-O-V-L-S and check out Loon on Instagram at Loon the film For more of Chloe, be sure to catch the Canadian premiere of Loon at the Toronto Jewish Film Festival this Friday, June 4th. For more information and tickets for the Toronto Jewish Film Festival, head over to their website at www.tjff.com or on Instagram at tjffgrams. There are so many amazing films available over this festival's run and you're gonna to wanna to catch as many as you can. Honestly, it's an incredible festival. Catch all the movies that you can possibly fit into your day. And also, for more Firecracker slash TJFF collabs, check out our episodes with Festival Artistic Director Helen Zuckerman and the Women in Comedy panel that I hosted during the festival's last in-person run, which was so fun. Those are two podcasts you're definitely going to want to check out. Listen to those anytime on whatever app you're using right now. And when you're scrolling around, leave us a review. Or better yet, send a friend an episode share something say hey I was thinking about you when I was listening to this conversation and share some firecracker love I always get into the best new podcasts from real recommendations when somebody just texts me going oh my gosh I just heard this conversation I loved it so if you have them for me I'll take them and I bet you know someone who could use a little creative spark right now from at least one of our firecracker guests So drop us a line, Firecracker D-E-P-T, on our socials. Let us know which episode is your favorite to get someone started or your favorite to re-listen to. Maybe you have one that every once in a while you check into because you know there's nuggets that maybe you missed. I love that kind of stuff. All right, go on out there, look after each other, look after yourselves, and we'll see you next week. Till then, stay safe and stay creative. Bye. Winnie Wong is our firecracker head producer follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong eight on Twitter Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor you can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen Sydney like Australia Nielsen like milk our intro outro writer is Lauren Shell, who you can follow at underscore Lauren S-C-H-E-L-L this episode was edited by Jennifer Rowley. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advance updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first-time or a long-time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it, we really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or it makes you wanna stop and write something down, send it back to us or our firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it, because it just reverberates, you know, if you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity, so pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music, and thanks to you, yeah, you, sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.